Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts Zay, Young Vander, and Roja. Bonjour, konnichiwa, hola, utenteg, and what's poppin'? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast, presented to you by Manscaped. Don't forget, get your 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D. Promo code? Things. I'm telling you right now, the Lawnmower 4.0 might be the best trimmer I have ever used. No nicks, no patches, waterproof. She'll love it, and your balls will thank you. I'm your host, the fantasy football feed himself, Zay. As always, I had the fam with me. Holla at the people, young Vander. Fantasy fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, bro Joe. Holla at the people, bro Joe. What's going on, fantasy fiend family? Yo, we have an epic show in store for you today. News and notes that you can use. 2022 wide receiver tiers four through seven if you missed the first three tiers on last week by all means go back and take a listen uh, but you can continue this one and then go back and listen to that one but it's definitely some good information that you'll be able to use as far as setting up your draft if you're looking for us on facebook we are the fantasy football fiend family facebook group on instagram fantasy football fiend and on twitter at fantasy underscore fiend if you're looking for promos advertisements anything like that fantasy football fiend at gmail.com to get in contact with this again that's f-e-i-n fiend now let's go ahead and hop right into your news and now your fantasy news All right, good people. The time is drawing nigh. We have camps that are uh, starting right now. I believe the Raiders have already started theirs. Everyone will be in camp by this time next week. And um, with that comes that first initial pup list. So a good bit of the news is surrounding that. As of right now, James White of the New England Patriots, he's still dealing with that hip issue. So he is currently on the pup. Michael Thomas is still dealing with his ankle injury. So he is on the pup list. Ricky Cade Auden, uh, Tampa Bay tight end, he's actually been cleared dealing with his ankle injury. You have Giants tight end Daniel Bellinger, who's opening out training camp on the pup list as well with a quad injury. He was actually getting reps with the one. So this may be what's necessary for a couple of those guys behind him to kind of take back their thunder, if you will. A little piece of news that I found interesting, and now I'm just, I might just be off of this guy. It may be a fault. Titans rookie wide receiver, Traylon Burks. Uh, He missed a bunch of practice time this spring with conditioning issues that were supposedly related to asthma. But Burks college head coach, Sam Pittman, he's indicating that he's never heard of any such ailment 
it's been his experience that Burks, just like the show up to practice, completely out of shape. This is the actual quote that he gave. Um, he said he did the same thing when he was in college, when he showed up his sophomore year, he wasn't in good shape and he couldn't make it through practice. It wasn't that he quit. He just wasn't in good enough shape to finish. That is very much concerning for me. I can see you making that mistake as an underclassman in college, but bruh, like th this is your job now. Like this is what you're supposed to be be, be a professional in uh, going forward. And you show up to your first initial camp, your first initial meetings with your new coach, new team, all that kind of good stuff out of shape. And for your head coach to be as forthright with that information. I don't think your head coach has the, <laughs> I don't think he has the, the, the best in mind for you. I don't think he's quite looking out for the guy that may mean that they had some type of issues back at, back at Arkansas. So that one kind of hit me from left field. Did you guys see that? That story what do you think about that no i didn't see it but when i hear that i hear the difference between college and pros right you got all these kids they have dreams they want to make it to the pros their goal is to make it to the pros and then they make it and then the dream stops and they dream no more um they gotta understand now this is it's not a hobby anymore this isn't something you're doing for fun it's a business you know what i'm saying and this is your job this is your career and you must treat yourself and take care of yourself as such so a lot of these guys yeah, you can show up out of shape in high school and work your way in and still be better than most people on the field if you're the best athlete. College, the same thing. You can be 85% and still be the best player on the field because you're still standing out, you know, amongst your peers. But on the pro level, these you can talk about guys that's putting hundreds of thousands of dollars in their body yearly. You know what I'm saying? Staying in shape year round. This is the, your competition. And I think a lot of these guys, they just don't take it serious. And he's just one of those guys that seem like that's where he's at right now. Okay, I made it to the pros, but ta-da, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Nah, Nah, it's, it's bigger than that. Now you want to stay here. You're here, but now you need to stay here. And I think he just need to get, you know, get that down, Pat. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I, I'm. It's one of those things I'd rather just see how training camp plays out. It's not far-fetched, believe it or not. Especially in, in, depending on the program, sometimes they're just good. They, they're just great enough to have the name. And, and I think, uh, of course, I, I agree. I think Van just said where it's just like, you know what I mean? You're professional. Like after, you know I mean? You go through your regular season or if you forego your, your bowl game, you're getting ready for training camp, not just the shirt contest and, you know, in the shorts. His talent, you know, I will speak to that. It's, it's one that I can't keep off of my list. I'm going to be listening every day or reading every day what's his progression like, what he's going to go through, because eight weeks of training camp is nothing like they'll ever see in their, their college career. If he's going to make it, we're going to find out and read about it day to day. You know what I mean? So I'll hold those reservations to that because he's a great talent. Chiefs wide receiver Justin Ross was spotted with a walking boot on his left foot. Now, Joe, I know you were indicating that when he was in school, that was one of the injuries that kind of derailed him. Was it the left foot? Was is it that same foot that that he got that he got when he got hurt at Clemson? Yeah, so that's um something I'll have clarification on. But he did, like you said, suffer that significant foot injury. I hope he can make it onto a team. That's not a good way to start off camp because he was just a flyer. Like right. I know some that's people uh, cleared him medically from that neck surgery but i definitely want people to know if this if this nigga look to the left at the you know when they got the the people that sit on the stand you know when they, they check and they point to the <laughs> the staff member like this nigga can like literally par get paralyzed like that neck is super serious you know what i mean so and, and this the is neck isn't even what they're talking about right now so right if, if you add that to what's you know superseding it in the very moment i mean he it's man that's at least he's getting a shot to kind of get out there. I mean, at least he's on the roster right now with Kansas City and, you know, hope keep our fingers crossed and hope for the best because he definitely has the talent. Um, it's one of those unfortunate situations. Huh? 
opposite end of that, it's been all positive with Saints quarterback Jameis Winston heading into training camp off of last October's torn ACL per NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. It looks like Jameis is heading in the right direction. looks like he's going to be ready to roll, and that bodes well for the Saints. As of right now, I kind of feel like this offseason has put the Saints in a place where almost their entire team, we can almost look at as sleepers, like just based on where they're going, based on from the quarterback on down, um, all the way down to Kamara, your, your wide receivers, like everyone is kind of going in a little bit of a lower spot than what their talent may dictate. We'll kind of get into that a little bit once we get into the wide receiver tiers as well. But are you guys leaning towards putting a little bit more trust in Jameis? Uh, no, not for me, because it's all about being present. And He's no been there, though. No, I'm not Jameis. His weapons. Oh, okay, okay. His weapons are not present. Uh, Camaro, still no word on that. That should be at least a minimum six weeks. Right. Michael Thomas has to play football in two years. What Michael, Thomas are we, what Michael Thomas are we going to see? And we've seen this movie before where you know who a guy used to be. And it, and it never get back to who they used to be, uh, a la Josh Gordon. You know what I'm saying? Everybody remember how he jumped out and like, wow, this dude, was, he next. And then he never quite got back to that. You know what I'm saying? And missing two years of football is key. I know a lot of people don't you know look at it that way, but that's that's pretty big. I mean, who is he going to be? He already got his money, and now it just seemed like as soon as he got paid, he laid down. And we just seen this happen many times I, before. I was just about to say that. We've been seeing that like a, a lot. Like a... <laughs> I'm going to just take that real quick, like Albert Hainsworth. I, I knew you was about to say that. I knew you was about to call his name. Yeah, I remember like his last year in Tennessee, man, he was a terror. Nasty. I'm talking Nasty. about the, the same way people feel about Aaron Donald now. He was doing yeah. that then. He was, yep. this dude was possibly MVP playing DT. Like he was just tearing up lines. And then he got that $100 million contract and just laid down. So we see it happen time and time again where people get their money and they lay down. And let's see if Michael Thomas fits that bill. We shall see. Another guy that uh, this news kind of surprised me a little bit. As of right now, Charles Goldman of the Chiefs Wire gave a projection this week for the 53-man roster. And running back Ronald Jones was left out of that 53. He's indicating that Jarek McKinnon's return endangers Ronald's roster spot. That kind of stood out to me because Ronald Jones is like, what, 25, 20, 26, something like that? And McKinnon is often injured. So I, I don't know if this guy is just talking out his ass or what, but that really stood out. Nah. McKinnon, you know, he, he was supposed to be when he went to San Fran before he got hurt, supposed to be the, you know, the, the next one, you know, after he left the Vikings and everything. But um, injuries kind of derailed that situation. We've seen him kind of show up in spots in Kansas City, but for him to show up enough to completely get that other guy off of the, the roster, when you had, when McKinnon and CEH tend to get hurt, I don't know if I'm believing that as much as I'm believing that McKinnon may usurp him on the depth chart, but that's pretty interesting to me. No, I could I could definitely see this with Ronald Jones. The thing is, it's not really about McKinnon. It's really about this is the first offseason that CEH has had, if you take it back. Um, you know, I think contracts and different things kept him out the first year. Then injuries kept him out the second. Like, this is his yeah. first healthy offseason. And a lot of people are saying this guy is looking to have a big year. You know, everybody been big on him the last some odd couple of years, but this look like it may be his actual breakout because he's 100% fully healthy with a full offseason. And that has been the difference. McKinnon has played well and got the opportunity last year, but also the emergence of the, the guy that they drafted, uh, I think it's Pacheo or mm -hmm. something like that. So you have another guy like him that's on the roster as well. I could see Gore getting cut. No relation. I forgot about that rookie. And they, yeah. Get, yeah, they actually have about what five or six when I think about it. 
All right, so I could see him getting cut as well, or maybe a practice squad guy. But yeah, I could definitely see Ronald Jones uh, not making the squad. Uh, that's something to definitely uh, pay attention to. In your dynasty leagues, guys, we know CH does have an injury history. So if you see the wire come across, I'll be on it. Ronald Jones get cuts. I definitely recommend grabbing Jared McKinnon. He's really a three-down back, and he will be the running back, the backup to CH. So. That's something to look forward to as well. CJ Uzama was placed on the active pup list with an undisclosed issue. We'll see how that works out as far as the Jets are concerned, but they still have Tyler Conklin and the Rick, uh, Jeremy Rucker who are available for, for camps. So we'll see whether or not that kind of puts CJ Uzama behind the power curve, being on a new team, not being able to build rapport with a very young quarterback, but they, they paid the man to come over. So I'm assuming that It'll be his job to have as soon as he is able to perform his job duties. We had a couple of signings over the past week. Josh Rosen signs with the Browns. Pretty much nothing to see here. Keep it moving. Or do you guys have a comment on this signing? Uh, it's nothing to see here unless an injury happens. It, I think it's Brissett's job, of course. Right. Um, but let's see if he make it through training camp. And a lot of that news is about to be coming along the way. We're about Absolutely. to see these freak injuries in training camp. Yep. Uh, this dude towards ACL. Yeah. So just stay tuned to that. This thing can change like nobody's business, man. I mean, one injury could change the whole, you know, dynamic. I mean, Facts. not wishing this on anybody, but let's just say, for instance, Josh Allen get hurt. Patrick Mahomes get hurt mm. in practice. Lord. Jonathan Taylor get hurt. I mean, this <laughs> changes the whole, you know, schemes, uh, the whole, you know, scheme of things. So I think this is a, uh, they just want to have a good, another quarterback in the room, I guess. You know, that's really it. But he'd probably be the third, the three, the third QB. He'd probably battle out with the uh, the third guy. Another well, signing second, is- well, he'd be the backup, but the third guy behind Watson, of course. Gotcha, gotcha. Another signing this week, the Buccaneers have agreed to a one-year deal with tight end Cal Rudolph. Looks like he's just basically going to be the vet in the room beside break. The fact that Auden was coming off of an injury and they needed a little bit more depth kind of made sense. Also, the fact that Gronk is going, who was a key blocker, and Kyle Rudolph is a hell of a blocker. Um, he can catch the ball too, but he's a, a heck of a blocker. So they went ahead and made that move. It sounds kind of like a Tom Brady move, and it definitely sounds like Gronk isn't coming back and Tom knows it. That's one of those things to kind of keep an eye on, especially bye weeks, things of that nature. You may want to look at Rudolph or Brake as far as a backup tight end. I wouldn't necessarily keep them on my roster per se, unless it's like a tight end premium and tight ends are hard to come by. Um, but just keep an eye on guys like that whenever we do get to bye weeks during the season. Josh Jacobs is back at practice. He had some type of an injury going on, which it seems like he tends to stay nicked up, which may end up boding well for Ricky Zamir White. Um, also, Kenyon Drake is indicating that he's 100% good to go. So he was kind of like their third down out of the backfield type of uh, catcher. This may be a full-on committee here in Las Vegas. So. Yeah, I think it's a prime time for uh, Kenyon and also Kenyon Barbie and Jacobs. They got a nice little thing going on. Kenyon Drake is definitely going to be in a, de- a big fight right now. I don't think Bolden makes the team. I know he's brought in there because his familiarity to Josh Daniels, but that's a good competition between him and Zamir. But it looks like Josh Jacobs with a nice, a better a bill of health is going to be counted on to kind of be that guy going into the last year, his deal. Uh, but I, I, I'm more intrigued about who wins the our, you know the running back three, because I don't expect Zamir to end up the two uh, coming into regular season, but that's someone I'm big on. Three things I want to cover real quick. I saw an article today indicating that Albert O, 
could lose his starting role at tight end with the Broncos. That's pretty significant because the rookie Dosich is actually one of those guys that, again, if you're going zero tight end, you can get him pretty much at the end of the draft, and he may end up being Russell Wilson's starting tight end. So that'll be a situation to keep your eye on. Jimmy Garoppolo's been given permission to seek a trade. If there's anyone out there willing to take him on, I could only imagine that that should be taking place at some point in time in the very near future. So we'll kind of see how that goes. The, the Dolchich kid, um, I think he's one of the kind of like vertical threats as far as tight ends that's coming out. I'm not sure how good of a blocker he is. Hell, I'm not even sure if Ever owes you a good blocker. But it, this may be one of those situations. You know how I feel about Ricky tight ends anyway. So this may be one of those situations where I think you see both of them deployed. They probably play both of them. But it's also probably one of those situations where you can draft. You know, ADP, sometimes starters go after uh, guys that's in front in front of them and this may be one of those situations true like a uh hmm. like a uh the qb like the qb situation in um pittsburgh pick it or the running picked. back situation in houston the rookie's being picked over marlon mack and right. as of right now mack is the number one correct on the back, right? perfect that's perfect so same thing with that situation and in pittsburgh you got to get picket being picked in front of Trubisky, who's actually the Which real makes starter. no sense. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and same thing you said thing with Mac. So this may be one of those situations. So of course if you're going zero tight end, I mean I guess go for it. But there's a lot of other guys I like in in front of him because I just not a big fan of Ricky tight ends unless they're like um the can't miss guys, you know, that we've seen few and far, you know, in between the past years. And even some of the can't miss guys have missed. Like or, well, or not, either they just showed up in spots. Like it was not Hockinson really though was supposed to be a can't miss but, but no Hawkinson wasn't a can't miss. I'm talking Talking about the like Cal the guy, type of yeah, movie. like I this is you. this is a lottery pick. Like you never see a tight end go lottery. You. you know what I mean? So those are the guys I'm talking about, like the ones that everybody seen them coming. Those guys, but I don't I don't care for rookie tight ends. And that pretty much wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and get into this second part of the wide receiver 2022 tiers. All right, good people. So we have tiers four through seven. We're basically going about 90 receivers deep. And what we have noticed, even going 90 receivers deep, there are several receivers that are still out there after that. Wide receiver is going to be pretty deep this year. It's just going to be a matter of who's going to bring you the most consistency and have those wide receiver one, wide receiver two type games more often. There are also a couple of guys on this list that if things go the right way, in my humble opinion, they can end up being wide receiver ones even um, from tier four. But we're going to give you a little bit of insight to the guys that we think may need a little bit more explaining. And we're going to give you our individual list. Again, Joe, go ahead and throw out your tier four first. So my tier uh, four consists of a short list. I got uh, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, Marquise Brown, Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton, and Jalen Waddle. And I did want to just take a moment to go to Hollywood because um, <laughs> so pretty much with Hollywood, I think uh, he has the upside to be one of the people that jump into the wide receiver one conversation, not even because Hopkins being out the six games, but more so than that, he fits this offense perfectly. Obviously, for the reasons we know with Kyle, you know, Kyler Murray, their familiarity to being a running gun or the spread offense, however you want to look at it. But I really see him being in a situation similar to Deontay uh, Johnson. I don't know if you guys remember, but some time ago, he had a season where he had 15 drops. 
And it was just like, oh my gosh, we, everybody was just jumping the gun about this kid. And then he proceeded to have one in 2021, just three drops. But that was really so much an uptick in value um, from you know year one to year two. And then obviously the game just followed him into the, the further into the season. And it's a similar thing to Hollywood, but I also think he adjusted to also getting acclimated to be um, asked to do a lot more in his route tree. So quickly just touching on it, 2020, he had 13 drops. And then this past year, he had 11 drops. And it's like, oh, it's, all, it's a two, you know, two drop difference. But really, he went from 100 targets to 146. And again, being somebody who was, I don't want to call a one trick pony, because I think it's understated um, his versatility and how he can be diversely used in the offense. But just that difference alone was a lot to get acclimated to. But going to Kyler Murray, who is the third-rated deep ball thrower in the NFL, and then an offense that's going to put him into the slot. And if you look at Christian Kirk's production, again, not to take too much time, but I want to put an emphasis on Marquise um, Hollywood Brown. He had amazing measurables in the slot. He finished fourth in receptions, fourth in yards, he was tied ninth in touchdowns, but the most things that I liked about him, he was third in catch rate over expected. So they're going to move Hollywood uh, predominantly in the slot and then in matchups and, you know, based on how these formations, I love what they do as far as the um, Kingsbury do with formations. They're going to, on occasion, put him outside. And I think he's going to be a fucking monster. So I think um, his value where it is, he could end up a wide receiver one, and that's regardless of Hopkins because you have to think Hopkins is most not likely coming back next year, and you don't get a Hollywood Brown to turn around and have to pay him the next year a crazy contract unless he was you know committed to this year and beyond getting him the ball and being a, a focus in the offense. They're going to have to pay this man almost $100 million. I feel you, <laughs> and I hear you. And I can't even argue your tier because I actually had him at the tail end of my tier three. However, I think with my tiers, they have quite a few more people in them than yours. With me, so he ended up right around wide receiver 27 for me, rounding out tier three, right? So the thing with Marquise Brown is this I don't care about the fit. If Hopkins is on the field, he's the alpha, he's the guy. So my fear is I have six weeks of solid production and then he goes back to being what he's normally is, which is off and on all the time. And I, I don't know that based on where I would have to draft him and based on the other guys that are going to be around him, if I want to deal with that. For instance, around him, I have Amon Ross St. Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Portland Sutton after him. Starting out my tier four, Jerry, Judy, Elijah Moore, Alan Lazard, guys like this, who I think by years in, although he's going to have a little bit of a head start based on Hopkins not being there. I think by years in, a lot of these guys are going to actually surpass where Hollywood is. Long term prognosis, dynasty, I would say go get them, especially with the fact that Cliff Kingsbury just signed the contract. Kyler Murray just signed the contract. That offense is there for a minute. I do agree with what you said as far as the familiarity and comfortability there. I just don't see him this year for redraft being someone who's going to be dependable after week six, barring injury, of course. I think he will because, I mean, it should be enough balls to go around. I mean, this is like you said, it's a running gun spread offense. I mean, so even if Hopkins returns, it's not like Hopkins getting 20 targets a game. 
Right, but you got Rondell Moore, who they said they want to get more involved in the offense. You got yeah. Ertz. You just picked up the rookie McBride. You got um, they, no. they they didn't. None of those guys signed that contract that that Hollywood just signed. I get it. Yeah, I, I get they, that. they were that saying they want to get Rondell course. Moore more involved last year. Um, it was his rookie year. I mean, he, he couldn't get but so involved last I year. I mean, that, especially without being there, and Christian yeah. Kirk still being there. Yeah, yeah. But how many targets have? I mean, how many target Kirk? He left a hundred targets on the board. Right. So, and, and I see Marquise fitting right into where Kirk was. I mean, okay. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're that much different skill set wise. The, what the, the difference would be the familiarity, the comfort level with the quarterback, and that makes all the difference. We've seen how, like I say, it's the NFL is a copycat league, and now we're starting to see all these college quarterbacks are coupling up these wide receivers in the, in the next yeah. level. You know what I mean? So, I think the Burrow Chase thing has really. People are really paying attention to that, and they're yeah. starting to see that and do that now. So this is what that is. I mean, hey, I, I think it's enough targets for him to like to be a wide receiver one, like like Joe has mentioned. It's just fun to hear Joe talk so highly of Hollywood yeah. after he just scolded the man but, in the dynasty league. You know, let, what I mean, trying to get him off more. of me. You know, what I'm let saying. Me bring, so, let me sprinkle some more salt on that. And it's, all go further, <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's all good. I understand. <laughs> so the last three games, right? They finished with 37 and a half passes. The last three, over the course of the season, they threw 34 and a half passes. Right now, again, going back to the Hopkins point again, because I feel like he's the one player out of the rest of this list that has the most for us to kind of put an emphasis on. Like going to your point with Hopkins, right? Hopkins is going to be Hopkins. That's 14, 13 targets or whatever. That's regardless. That's eight, seven, eight catches. But they have never seen it. Like, I think in NFL, let's not even put it to just this team. Aside from Tyreek, I don't think we've never seen a 40-time transition to pass as well as it does with Marquise Hollywood Brown. Like he does, he just needs daylight. They're not going to ask him to be this super hyper-efficient guy as long as Hopkins is there. But what they're going to ask you, you're Hollywood, and I raise you Waddle. Waddle, Waddle, Waddle does not have the Jets, is Hollywood. What? what? Hollywood almost had three touchdowns had he not caught the ball in one half. Nah, I, I like Hollywood better, too. Hollywood got different burn. I'm so, not saying Waddle's slow. No, no, no. Hollywood I, I, just different. Joe, Joe making a valid point. If they go outside and race in shirt and shorts, give me Waddle. But with the pads on, it's a little different. And I like the quarterback better, of course. I like give me Kyler Murray over to him. When it comes to throwing that deep ball, you know what I mean. Like you, like I like, do like agree Joe, with that. Completely. Like Joe say, you you sometimes you see a lot of people, get, and that's the thing. Do not get caught up in these forty times. Just don't do it. I mean, the kid, like I said, the kid from Baylor that ran the four two or whatever that went to uh, the the Patriots. Orton? Yeah. When I turn on the film, it doesn't look like a four two. Like Tyreek Hill is one of the only players in NFL history, and I'm gonna maybe even say my boy Deshaun Jackson. That yeah, facts. Yeah, they forty that. times look like they're forty times. You know what I'm saying when they're running out with the with the pads on. So a lot of these guys they train, train, train for this one run, and they run a fast time. But when you turn on the film, it doesn't translate. You know what I mean? And I think Hollywood translate better than Waddle because Waddle runs a four two, just like Tyreek does, but it doesn't look the same on the field. The separation, you know what I'm saying? You can run a four two straight line, but can you get that separation? Give me give me a brown over water when it comes to that. Speaking of film, uh, to start out my tier four, I saw this guy running routes and I just became enamored because if he was getting off like that with his previous quarterback, I can only imagine that he's going to become 
quite a bit better with his new quarterback. And that for me is one Mr. Jerry Judy. When I saw the level of separation that this guy was able to get, I mean, Jerry Judy looked to me on tape from last year, Tyler Lockett on steroids. I mean, he is, his route running is, I, I would almost say second to none. And, and he can create separation with, it seems, almost any cornerback. So I can't wait to see what Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson are going to be able to cook up the rest of this tier four for me, and there are about 10 guys in my tier four. I have Jerry Judy first. I mean, this isn't this isn't no particular order, but I have Jerry Judy. I have Elijah Moore. I have Alan Lazard, Devontae Smith, Drake London, Adam Thielen, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas, Robert Woods, and Tyler Lockett. All of these guys I can see possibly, barring injury that is, um, and depending as far as Thomas and Godwin are concerned, depending on how long they're going to be out due to their current injury. But with both of them, due to their talent, I can see them kind of, you know, making up those numbers, even if they miss a couple of games. But that is where my tier four is rounding out. The one guy that I do want to, or the other guy that I want to bring attention to in this tier is Alan Lazard. Based on what we see Aaron Rodgers doing, unless he's actually going to develop chemistry with a rookie in the rookie's first year for the first time ever, Alan Lazard has to be the man on the outside. He has to be the red zone guy. Tanyan is still hurt. We have a lot going on in Green Bay that can lend itself to Alan Lazard being, in my humble opinion, one of the biggest sleepers as far as wide receivers are concerned this year. I don't even know if I would call him a sleeper, more so of a value pick based on where you can get him. But this guy is going to be Aaron Rodgers' pet project. Cobb can't do it anymore. He literally doesn't have the physical ability to do it anymore. The rookie doesn't know how to do it just yet. And it, 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 Sammy Watkins always gets hurt. I mean, like this is shaping up unless there are some cuts. You know, we can see some cuts from camp and there might be some pretty good wide receivers that end up, you know, moving on down the road. Like I could see, you know, Darius Slayton or maybe uh, Sterling Shepard or, you know, some of these guys, you know, that are, are talented, but you know, the team is going in a different direction. I can see some of those guys getting cut and maybe, you know, Green Bay picks up somebody like that. But outside of something like that happening, I don't see how Alan Lazard can be anything less than a wide receiver, too, in most weeks, just based upon who's throwing on the ball. Or am I giving Aaron Rodgers too much credit here? No, nah, I don't think so. I just think that um, I'm not sure about Lazard due to only because of, I mean, this team just gave John Brown a workout. Any bodies. I mean, that, that, that's but, that's my point. That, but they tell me that tells me they don't have. There's something else missing. Like our guy maybe is not here yet. Cause they got receivers. If you just talking about numbers, there's a lot of receivers in that room. But is the guy there yet? And if you're still working out wide receivers, something is missing. I don't like you said. There's gonna be some cuts. I'm not sure if Sammy Watkins is gonna even make the team. You know what I mean? He's there. It looks good, but contractually, they're not really in bed with him very much i mean for a long right. term so he could easily be a cut we still don't know where julio is gonna land guys like that so anything can happen this is just one of those wait and see situations i know everybody think lazar is going to be the man i'm just not 100 sold on him to be honest with you it, it seems like it's, he should be but I, i'm not really sold on it who you got in your tier four man all right my tier four um one of the guys you talked about jerry judy and i'm gonna just say something real quick he, I agree with you. When it comes to running routes, he's up there. He's one of the elite 
I mean, the Ken Allens, the Amari Coopers of yeah. the world, like he he can run a route. But I don't think he fit Russell Wilson's skill set, in my opinion. I think Sutton is more of a fit. And I had mm-hmm. Sutton in my tier right. three because yeah, <laughs> the court, you know, Hackett already came out and said they want to push the ball down the field. Right. And that's more of a Sutton thing, you know what I mean? Getting vertical. I just don't think Jerry Judy fits his skill set. I think Jerry Judy be perfect for in Green Bay. Mm, now that'd be okay. crazy. Now, okay, now, that now we talking about wide receiver one shit going on. If Jerry Judy was playing with Aaron Rodgers, just be something different. I just think he, you know, Sutton is the better fit. But I do have uh, Jerry Judy here in my in my tier four. I have Mooney, uh, Chris Godwin, Gabriel Davis, Amari Cooper, Jalen Waddle, Smith Schuster, Adam Thielen, Bateman. Allen Robinson, uh, I have Michael Thomas here, Elijah Moore, Hunter Riffro. I have uh, Tyler Lockett here, I have Robert Woods here, and I have Marquise Brown here. Real quick, I think people pay attention to Adam Thielen. I know he's he, he, he has stepped on now, right? Extremely, his ADP is extremely low. He's extreme value here with the new system that they implement. He's already he already has a rapport with Kirk Cousins already, right? But with this new pass happy offense he's going into. This is a guy who, who very well should push double-digit touchdowns if he can stay healthy. Any red zone guy, you're right. Those touchdowns yeah. would be there. Yeah, he's he should get double-digit touchdowns in this system. Because, I mean, hell, he's been approaching it anyway with, with a run first. You know what I mean? Him and, like, right. He's really the red zone target in this, in this system. So push him. Also, Allen Robinson should be candidate for comeback play of the year this year. He's playing with the best quarterback he ever had. Back. So if he can play – if he can get 1,000 yards – with and big contracts playing with Blake Bortles, then hell with Matthew Stafford, we should see something. So he should be comeback player of the year. Um, so I'll definitely say look at a, a Thelian and an Allen Robinson as far as getting value for where they're getting drafted at in your leagues. I like it. I like it. Go ahead and hit us with your tier five, Joe. So with my tier five, I have it consisting of eight players here. So I got uh, mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson, I have Hunter Renfro, CD Lamb. Allen Robinson, Gabriel Davis, and Amari Cooper. I'm going to throw K.J. Osborne in there, too. Okay. Um, The Vikings are going to the 12 personnel, which K.J. is just going to fit right into that Van Jefferson role. And, you know, even based on the show that we covered a few shows ago, I kind of put it out there that he would have had even more yards and over 1,000 yards of production in that same role. But again, Van Jefferson suffers from drops. He had over nine drops last season. It's just tremendous value because if anything happens to Thielen or Jefferson, you're getting the, the wide receiver two off the bat. So I like that there. And then too, obviously, we already spoken on Ellen Robertson. But I like Deontay. I think, you know, he's highly slept on. And I would too for the same reasons of the unsettlement at the quarterback position. But the offense runs through him. You know, over the last three years, um, he's had more double-digit games than not in this offense. And they just – they feed him the ball. Now, I don't know what that looks like with Trubisky or – well, I do know what it looks like with Kenny Pickett. If, if he's fortunate enough to get Kenny Pickett, he he literally is like Addison. And I think that that rapport and that familiarity being a similar build, similar type of style of player will really work in his favor. But – I only see him being utilized way more in this offense and as opposed to being an outside receiver predominantly, just be moved in around in the slot and just use, you know, crossing routes and things of that nature to get him more involved in the offense. I'm not prioritizing him because we already know out of this group who's the man. Uh, CD has tremendous upside, but I bumped him down so much because I just don't believe in him the same as most people. 
I'm not trying to say he's not a talented player, but I'd rather see it, say sorry, than to think there's going to be any different. His measurables are over the, you know, immaculate. You know, we can only say good things about him, but I, I hold those games over his head, man. And I, I've seen so much, even during the regular season, how much the coverage was dictated to Amari Cooper. We're not talking about double teams, but we're talking about literally taking the the, the strong side of the, the coverages and assignments and alignments to literally mitigate what you know, Cooper can do on all three levels. So I'm just leery about that. But I'm not saying he doesn't have the talent, but I'd rather be, I'd rather say I'm sorry at the end of the year. My thing on that is this. If you have the talent and you have no choice but to get the volume, what the hell do you think is going to happen? They had the number four overall offense last year. Cooper's gone. Unlike, he's not your Chase. He's not your Jefferson. Most wide receivers, even some that go on to be great, even your Devontae Adams of the world, they took three seasons to actually show up. So because he wasn't great in year two, I'm not going to allow that to blind me with the volume and the talent that I see going forward. Even if he isn't that great as far as showing up on the field, volume is king. And they're going to have to throw the ball. So I, I don't see how CD can fail it's to me it's different when we have two strong wide receivers on the field right with to me he's going to get the number one receiver if i'm a defensive coordinator playing for a game and i know i touched on people playing in phase and out of phase um in our dynasty league but he's somebody i'll put my best guy on him literally that sounds good but that's the same thing that i would say to the rams as far as cooper cup is concerned but they can't do it because he runs out of the slot too much. And not, and some of the best cornerbacks are ass in the slot. So but what I talent around him, what talent is around him to prevent him from not being schemed the schemed on? That's my whole thing. He never had to draw any favorable coverage. He had man on man and he still wasn't successful. What do you consider to be successful? Because he damn sure didn't fail. I would have liked during that span of those nine games to have some hundred yard games, maybe some double digit catches, maybe, you know, yeah. like something and to show me that you are, are you, you can like handle the load. I didn't see that even against. But I'm the, uh, he didn't get the load though. So how do you know if he can handle it if he never got it? He did. He got. He had those games where Amari was out to to show the load. But if you look at the the targets in those games, it wasn't a big increase from when Amari was there. Is what I'm saying. Like he, he didn't really get much more of a load. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's what Russell was saying. Maybe he didn't get those targets because he was being schemed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Maybe they they took him away. You know what I mean? Because I mean, you you can't have Amari not play, and you're getting three, four targets like that. Some that don't make a, sense. A, an alarm got to go off somewhere. Like hell, <laughs> me tell me Amari not on the field and you got five targets. Something strange here. But the the other the other I guess into that spectrum is. If he's as bad or lacks the talent, then why would you get rid of Cooper and then not bring in another receiver? So obviously somebody somewhere saw something in him to say he's ready now. But that's but the it's only not way that the I can talent. He, yeah, he, he's a he to me he he had perspectively he could be a dominator in this league, similar to when we saw mm-hmm. Andre Johnson, we saw D Hop to where we saw you know, these physical, like Brandon Marshall, when he was in his bag, I think he had all the talent in the world, but we've seen him have the opportunity. You know, you're the guy. What can you do? And under that sample size, 
I'm just a little bit Larry. I understand Valium and all things, but I can scheme Valium. Like in that division, it's not even that division. He, you know, he's gonna go against Darius Slay. I, he ain't ready for Darius Slay, in my personal opinion. Like for example, last year the Cowboys played the Kansas City Chiefs. This was a game Thank that Amari, yep, yep, yep. this was a game that Amari Cooper did not play. And I'm gonna read to you CD Lamb stats: four targets, three catches for 14 yards. Somebody gotta talk to me. Yeah, because a few weeks later, Jamar Chase went and had 200 like, by halftime. Somebody gotta talk to me. You, <laughs> He Four. ain't chased though. That's what I'm saying. I didn't expect for him to break out last year. That that's that's why I think the 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 difference in opinion. But he went against the play. thirty for almost the thirtieth uh, or the twenty-eighth. I, I hear all the numbers you're throwing out, but I didn't expect for him to be what I plan to see this year. Last year, that's what it's I'm trying not, to say. Like, no, no, it's not about numbers, but you're going against the bottom of the league as far as DBs. I think we've and, seen the difference of a guy being checked by. The number one corner versus being checked by the number two corner. And mm-hmm. I like I think CD has the talent. But I think people are also kind of putting the carriage before the horse where they think volume volume doesn't always bring numbers. That volume we speak of may go somewhere else. It may be Gallup. So it may be it may be Schultz. Tober? It may be Schultz. It may they be Gallup. Tight end all like that. Gallup uh, still hurt. But but it may be uh Washington. Like we don't know. Gallup Washington be, hurt. That's what I'm saying. It may be it may be Pollard. Like you, you I mean, again, it's hard for you to Pollard explain. ain't on the field enough. Like like that, I but, hear that's you, a, but, but he may be he may be. He may nah. be a, a, Z, you just Z, say you just you job. just say Washington was out, right? Yeah. He's just hurt. talking about able to catch oh, the ball. Oh, you mean like in the slot? Right. You mean like actually playing right. receiver? Right. Oh, okay. You see me see a little more of him. Like it's just hard for me to to figure out four targets for three catches. I'm just having a hard That's, time. That, but see, I, I don't put that on CD. I put that on coaching. Like there, there mm-hmm. is no way. Ooh. Yes, I put that on coaching. I put that on the scheme. I put that on the plays you call. It's the same coaches. The same coaches you say you put it on. They're back. They returned. Yes, but the, the options aren't there. like say for instance, right? Last year, Gallup was in his bag. He was doing his thing until he got hurt. Right. So there, there are a couple of situations to where as I can see. Like Jerry Jones talking up CD. Jerry Jones saying that he's going to be the man. When Jerry Jones says it, the coach better listen or the coach ain't going to have a job. Man, and buddy we, on the hot we, seat we already. Listen. When it comes to football, we don't listen to nothing Jerry Jones say. Uh, you should. No. I remember Jerry should. Jones. No, <laughs> you should. No, because Jerry Jones, he be talking about. Jerry Jones is a de facto Jerry, coach. I mean, yeah, whatever but Jerry Jones says, said Felix Jones was the man. And he you was. Know what I'm saying? No, he wasn't. Not Felix, to the, for them, the, he I mean, not for fantasy, but for nah, them, but he was. That's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about fantasy. No, no. What, what I'm talking about is the volume. You, you said that somebody going to have to explain to you why he only got four. What I'm saying is that explanation will never be needed again because it ain't going to happen again. That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't believe that. We shall see. No. Nah, uh, let me I, go I'm ahead. not listening to anything Jerry Jones got to say when it comes to players. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I get it, but Jerry I mean, Jones he, and he loves he lie. No, it's not about him lie, but the difference between Jerry Jones is he he let his heart take over a lot of his mouth. He, he got personal relationships with these guys, and he love he, like he loves CD. He he the reason why CD wears eighty eight. Yeah, you know that right? He told him to wear yeah. that jersey. Like yeah, you mm-hmm. remind me of Michael. Get eighty eight. Tells me everything I need to know. That's fine. Even if but... he ain't that, he's he's gonna get the opportunity. He's gonna get the. I, well, 
we'll see. I, I'm I'm just telling you. Like, I mean, I, I think let, people are sleeping. He on has him. A, like no, I, mean, I don't think people sleep on him. I just think people are. I don't want people to uh, to have the expectation. To, trust me, nobody sleep on him. This guy's ranked high as hell. Yeah, yeah. He was no a, one is. Everybody is seeing it. Like we we. Are he ain't three. ranked high. He in tier five. Well, he wasn't in my tier five. You know what I'm saying? Mine but, either. That, 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 I was speaking to that. Oh yeah, yeah. He's not in my tier five. You know what I'm saying? But due to the volume, like he, he's he's up there. He's definitely not a tier five guy. I just think I don't be the, to have the expectations so crazy and think you're getting. You know what I'm saying? Mike Evans or something like you get one. Of, I don't know what he's gonna be. Nah, my, Mike Evans is it's Mike Evans could be top six, seven this year in my opinion. But see, but what do you think CD is ranked at though? CD's ranked top for, six for or seven. For me, our average. No, no. See, I'm, just I'm, AD, I'm talking about ADP. I, like he's ranked up there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but see, with ADP, the thing that you got to look into with ADP is the fact that ADP is driven by your average fan, and your average cowboy fan is going to be completely blind. They may be taking CD as their first wide receiver. No, no, no. Like, ADP like, ain't driven by your average fan. ADP is driven on it's what the these, average draft position. It is right, but it's what these experts are saying. The, what these guys are ranked at, at their position. It's not just the fans voting. No, 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 shit. no, 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 no. It's the difference between a ranking and an average draft position. It literally has it in the name. It's the it, average position they were drafted in. Correct, but when you those those if you look at the the ranking and the ADP, they mirror each other. Mm, not necessarily. Yeah, like no, if sir. Cooper, at position, it does. Like Cooper Cup nah. is the Cooper Cup is the highest rated receiver. He's the first receiver off the board. Justice Zeffrin is second. He's the second receiver of the board. Jamar is third. He's the third. Like, they mirror each other. Trust me. When you look at the average draft position, at, I'm talking about at position now, for wide receivers, and you put the rankings beside each other, they're damn near identical until you start getting lower. But at the very time, you have to look at who's ranked. So when you get the CD, we're not talking about the like the first three or four. That, that, that's easy. That's yeah, like but saying, that's, you know, yeah, but CD at the top, he's like seven. Like he's right I up there. I would put him at seven though. That, that's but, a little too high. That's a little bit too high for my. Look at his draft position as a wide receiver, and look at his ranking as a wide receiver, and watch what it, watch what the numbers you see. I mean, on so any on he, any his ranking is top seven right now. Is what you're saying according to the experts that you that you right, know, pay right. attention to? Well, he's up yeah, there. I, I disagree with them. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think he'll end up right around the fifteen ish spot, somewhere between twelve to fifteen. Tier five for me. Starts out with Russell Gage, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Christian Kirk, Chris Olave, Chase Claypool, Olave. Kadarius, <laughs> Kadarius Tony. Uh, I have DeAndre Hopkins here, uh, just yes. because we know for sure he out six games. So right. that that kind of so you got your six games, and then I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Arizona's bye week is week seven. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. so he actually going to be out seven straight games. Um, Christian Watson. Sky Moore, Garrett Wilson, Tim Patrick. This now hmm. the guy that I'm going to have to explain, and I already know ahead of time. Kenny Galladay. I have him here. Marquez Valdez Scantlin. I have here. Jahan Dotson, Jacoby Myers for PPR only. I'll say that again for PPR only, and then ending with Devontae Parker. So now with Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay, I believe has the opportunity to save his career. And this Brian Dabble off. And the reason I say that is they need his particular skill set. They're paying him. And a lot of the guys, they, they speak of a lot of guys kind of being on the bubble, if you will. His name has never been mentioned. They have some type of a plan for this. Can he catch the ball? Absolutely. Is he a, a, a deep route specialist? Absolutely. If if he stays healthy, he's actually going to be a sleeper. He, he, he could be. 
I, I put him up there. Not don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying he's going to put up the fantasy numbers as Allen Robinson, but I put his chances of being a comeback type player of the year. If Dabble gets his offense going the way that he could, I can see him being in that same realm as a comeback player of the year candidate. Kenny Galladay, I think because he's burned so many people over the last two years, what ends up happening now is we've gone too far left where many people were too far right before. I'm trying to stay fluid and be kind of right in the middle as far as what his value may be and what his ceiling may be. And give me, if, if I can have Kenny Galladay as my second, third wide receiver up off the bench, which is where he's been drafted right now, you can get him for that particular, for, uh, to fill that particular void. So then if he comes out and shows out week one, week two, boom, I got a trade candidate that I can get somebody who I believe is going to be a little bit more reliable because my trade partner is simply looking at the ceiling that they have seen for the first couple of weeks. So guys like him, I love having on my bench and kind of putting packages together to kind of increase my starters. So I might package a Kenny Galladay and maybe a CD lamb, right? You package a Kenny Galladay and a CD lamb and you go after, let's say, I don't know, maybe a, a Debo, a AJ Brown, a Keenan Allen, something like that. Um, somebody, somewhere where you're going to be able to increase your starter but the other person feels like they're getting banged for their buck as well because maybe they needed a little bit more depth than you needed. So that's kind of what I have at tier five, and that's my rationale there. I'm okay with you saying Galladay, but explain this. Explain the Sky Moore mm -hmm. thing for me. That's what I'm curious so about. So Sky Moore, I'm looking at a ceiling, right? So with Sky Moore and with Kansas City, as of right now, obviously we know what Kelsey is, right? Outside of that, we don't know who their number one wide receiver is going to be. Juju is a slot guy, so he's not going to be on the outside. I don't think Hartman is good enough to be the number one outside receiver. Uh, who, who, who else is going to be the guy? Like I, I can see barring injury, and as long as he you know, gets into camp, builds the rapport, I can see him being in this tier by default. I can actually see him ending up higher than this tier if he actually gets in there and becomes the go-to guy for down the field. And then you also have um, Scantling, but I just I just kind of feel like Moore has more to his skill set than just getting down the field. So if, like I said, if he gets in there and builds that rapport, he 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 could actually end up being the steal of a draft, in my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of guys he got to climb, though. You know what I'm saying? You said Not really. Well, that's two. Scan I mean, it, does he really that's have to three. climb? Well, that's three wide receivers, though. He got Scanlon, no. Juju. Yeah, those are three veterans. You got Juju, No, 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 no. What I'm saying is for his outside position. He, he's not in competition with Juju. They play two different positions. They're both no. wide receivers. No, I mean, but for I him mean, to be at this tier is what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot more miles to feed. Like, you just say Kelsey is one. You have Juju in the slot. Juju is still, I mean, he in this, he's still Juju. I mean, yeah, I agree. Harmon is, a, you know, and then and they say MVS has been, ha but they say he's been having the best camp out of all the guys there. Cool. So great camp. Still nothing special. You don't become special because you had a great camp. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know about Scott Moore. I think. I'm, I'm just saying, Dynasty of, of cool, the wide receivers in a, in there, he's the only one that we don't know about. I guess is like is the. I'm looking at his ceiling as far as as this is concerned. And the other thing is. Reed has a great track record of picking wide receivers that work for his system. Like, like when was the last time a rookie that just was ass, like, like when they were in need of a starting wide receiver? If you put Scantling as your one to start the season, your wide receiver one, right? I believe that Sky Moore can beat out Hartman. 
Like Hartman ain't ain't nothing special to beat out. And then once he builds that rapport, because Scantlin, he always has lapses of judgment, lapses of concentration. We saw that with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he was there for years. Even if he beat out Hartman, he's still the fourth option. That's what so I'm saying. He would be the, but he would be the number one outside wide receiver option. Is what I'm saying. Those plays where you're going down the field, that's not going to be Juju. That's not going to be now. Kelsey will hit that seam. That, right? that could He's be MVS, but that's all MVS run is is, is right, right, right. I agree. That's what I'm saying. That's what that's all he does. So if I have another guy that can do more than that, and he catches on, he should beat out that guy. That's a one trick pony. That's what I'm saying. I no. think Sky Moore has the skill set to beat out the one trick pony. The Hartman nor MVS is consistent, and I don't see you being that much better in Kansas City than what you were with Green Bay. And you weren't so, anything special in Green Bay. What I what I can say, I see both things being true at the same time. I agree with Vinder in a sense where whatever Sky Moore's ADP is, which I don't know, he it's might be low. damn near free. He That's might be saying. You can get him as a free agent. Right. But to your point, there's tremendous value there. The only cause for one, to your point and for the listeners, like he what he like you said, what he has is the best I can say by far, and this is not a compliment. So I hope people don't hear what I'm not saying. He's their best route runner out the gate. But that's not, again, that's not a good thing either, but it's not a bad thing. I like that he's building a rapport with Mahomes during the offseason. They're working out together. That's great. But we've seen weeks where it fluctuate, where Demarius Robinson will lead the, the team. Right. Then it was Pringle. Then right. it was McCole. Then it was Tyreek, you know, more times than not. But the second guy or third guy in the offense always switch. So it's one of those things that, like you said, you can get him for free. You can take him at ADP. He has tremendous upside. I think he's the better of all the receivers. But because they're because they're like who gets the apple, so to speak, at a given week or at a given game, it's never consistently one guy is why I would kind of like – it's hard to trust Kansas City wide receivers, even though I like Scott Moore. And I do think it's more likely than not he finished with like 80 to 90 catches this year. I definitely can see that. But I don't want to bank on that redraft. I can see that. I'm just looking at the fact that what we tend to do in fantasy is try to figure out the guy before he becomes the guy. And a lot of these guys that are within this same tier, we know who they are. They're unlikely to have a quote-unquote breakout or break in to the higher tier. So when you have your Chris Olave, when you have your Sky Moore, you know, when you have guys that have the the talent, but we just haven't seen it yet versus a guy who's basically a fill in because another guy left. Scantling isn't upgrading quarterback. He isn't upgrading from Rodgers. Maybe it's a lateral move, but he isn't upgrading. So how does he all of a, all of a sudden become a wide receiver one? Like, I just I don't I don't see it like he was the what number. Wasn't he behind Alan Lazard most of his career? And Alan Lazard ain't nothing special. So how all, of a sudden, how all of a sudden is he just going to like be the man? I just don't see it. Like m- More to come on that as the season goes. But I, Sky Moore is one of those dudes that I can see coming in, taking over, and then you have a guy that's getting consistent targets from a top-notch quarterback, and he's better, like uh, Joe just said, talent-wise than all the other wide receivers on that team. Uh, I'm in five. I have, you know, starting off right here, I have D-Hop, uh, Drizzy Drake, London. Uh, Kadarius Tony, I got Russell Gage right here, Tyler Boyd, Olave, Claypool, Chase Claypool, McCole Hardman, Kenny Galladay, Devonta Smith, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantlin, Jacoby Myers, Jarvis Landry right here, uh, Michael Gallup, Rondell Moore, and that's about it right here for me in my tier five. 
a lot of question marks right here. These are some guys that's going to have some 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 great weeks. Using this tier right here, these are some guys you can use as trade. I, I recommend these guys that you hear in these names when they when they when they having a run in the street. Go ahead and if somebody come calling and they're starting off slow, they they have a guy that's ranked high that's starting off slow. Go ahead and make the play and make the move for maybe a guy like a Kadarius Tony. Maybe he's hot. He like last year we seen him go off. Right. He had like two, I think he had a thirty weeks. point game. He had like three weeks where he was just like losing it. You know what I mean? So if you if you get that same thing going on and say fences this guy has maybe he has Chris Godwin and maybe he hasn't been playing yet he's slow by injury or this thing somebody you see some strange trades come your way and somebody said well give me Tony I give you Godwin sure give me that you know what I mean <laughs> right. go, go ahead and take that because we've seen that happen before where somebody would give up somebody a bigger a bigger name or a bigger value and just because they've been slow or maybe injury has kicked in they want they want production right now. So a lot of guys want it right now, and I go ahead and, and pass that along. So, and you bring up a great point because the other reason why I like to put your talented rookies in this sort of a spot, if you will, a lot of people, based on having years of seeing these other guys, even if they start out hot, they'll still be unlikely to make a trade with you for that guy because they feel like they know that guy. But if you got a rookie and he's starting out hot, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute, this may just be who this guy is. They can't really refute it. Whereas if I was trying to trade you maybe Kenny Galladay, you might be like, nah, he going to get hurt by, by right, week eight. Right. So that's the other thing that I look at when, when once I figure out who my starters are, my bench, I'm looking at all upside and trade candidates for Correct. the most part. Correct. Um, I don't want to have guys that have you know had years to wild me and haven't. And then when I try to put them in a trade, it's like, really? That guy? Like, like, do you remember what he did last year? I, I don't like having to point out to people that year by year, things change, situations change, injuries, injuries get better, things of that nature. But with rookies, for whatever reason, when they pop, they the new hotness and a whole bunch of people want them and are willing to pay way more than what they were just because they the new hot. And, and uh, like a kid and, like Olave, you know, with Michael Thomas yeah. starting off on the pub list. This may yep. be a kid, and Kamara not catching no balls out the backfield. Nope. So this may be a kid that can hit the moon, ride the gate. There'd be some good uh, words being spoke about him, you know, of that nature. So this could be a kid that could hit the moon out the gate. So this would be a kid I would be dangling over somebody's face, you know what I'm saying, if he comes out the gate strong and then they have a, a veteran guy that's starting off slow. A hell, you may see a guy, he, he, he drafted D-Hop. And he can't yep. wait. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, man, I got to wait six, seven weeks for this. Hell, give me Olave. Sure. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to get you on the back end. So, you know, one thing about the fantasy season, I tend to break it up into like quarters. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's all about the fourth quarter for me. I like to have my right. team playing well going downhill. You know what I mean? Um, so it's okay if you start off losing the first three or four games. That's fine. You want to be winning when it counts. And guys like D-Hop is going to win your ship when it counts. Not the Olave's, in my opinion. 100% spot on. Let's go ahead and hop into that tier six. Joe, start us out. No problem. And uh, I'm going to start the tier six, but I think also, too, because we've been all naming some great names. and We've been real close in tiers um, that uh, I have 50 players for my tiers pretty much. So my tiers, even though I got my tier six and you're going to hear, you know, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Kadarius Toney, Christian Kirk, Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, and Hopkins. I'm not forgetting. We we still know the names. We still know the ADPs and the focus. What I like to do as far as the value, and like many of us, we said in the, the for part one of the episode, 
I'm looking at the value. Who's going to be really close in that same, you know, range of outcome as far as their final fantasy projections. Um, so that was my tier six. I do want to uh, touch on Tony. I, I, it's one of he's a gamble to me, I, I, but I think I might jump on the Kool Aid and, and talent wise or scheme wise. Talent wise, I, I, I think scheme wise too. He's he's okay. perfect for what uh, Dabble and I'm going to do. Maybe this me and we can have this as a discussion. It's just his off the field antics that kind of get me. Everybody want to be a rapper. <laughs> yeah. Other than that. When I've seen this guy um, before he even hurt his foot, I, okay, we could curse on our show. This motherfucker is just, like, amazing with the ball in his hands. Like, he's playing Madden on the field. And I, I you just, like, and I hate that we got to go back to the same few receivers to describe what you see. I'm not comparing speed or nothing else. But when Tyree get the ball in his hand, that motherfucker is a joist. He just, he's Madden on the field when he get the ball in hand. I love that Tony kind of has the same aggressiveness, getting the ball out of the air, turning around, making defenders miss, going lateral. He just he does so much with the ball in his hands. But I do have to caution with what he does in the offseason, off the field. Like even last season, like you think he's a rookie, you would go to mini camps, OTAs. No, I don't do that. You get a new offensive coordinator, you would think he would go and show up to get the playbook and everything. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, how are you going to get better? We know you natural talent. You're a phenomenal talent, but if you're not going to do everything in the offseason to show up on the field, I can't expect much out of you. But what he did in his short in his short clippings, he has the build and the mold to be a phenomenal receiver. Will I put my money on him in redraft if I get a discount? Yes, I, I will. If he falls two or three rounds from, from ADP or he's just the best guy out of the group. But I, I think he has the upside to be at least a wide receiver three, even a two. If he can just put it together and be a professional football player, yeah, I think he wanted to be one of those guys that, um, you know, in, in life, man, we got some guys they do it their way, and you want to be AB, and it works. No, I mean, it just works. Um, I was watching I Am Athlete um, podcast interview Asante Samuel. They say he hardly practiced. He said he didn't never lift no weights. This guy's a Hall of Fame cornerback. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and some people are just they just built different. I mean, it's hard to explain. You got the guys out there out there, the hard workers, you know, they're going to work hard. They have to work hard to get where they at. The Jerry Rice's of the world. They have to really work the hardest. T.O. I mean, these are hard working guys to get to where they were. Then you got guys that just show up like Lawrence Taylor. You know what I'm saying? And they just the best. You know, what I mean, I think that um, Tony kind of fits that mold. I think he kind of, I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer, but I think he's one of those guys that he can be the best with very little work. That needs to change. In his mind, he, he's probably doing this his whole life. You know what I'm saying? He show up and he just do his thing. And I, I think that's who he is, man. I just think he's one of those guys. Yeah, I can see that. Just like me showing up to school and taking the test and that open on their book, ace the test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But guess what, Zay? Guess what you'll do the next time? The same thing, yeah. Because right. you know, I, I, I mean, I'm <laughs> a college, right. I'm a college graduate, and I used to do four, five, six page papers like the night before. Yep, you're right. And, and get formula. an A. Once you get your formula down, you good. You know what I'm saying? And I had a cousin. We was at school together. She couldn't do that. You know what I mean? She'd take weeks to get four pages out, and I'm showing up two hours before time to go to class. <laughs> <laughs> and submitting it and getting an A. You know what I'm saying? So, so it works. 
it's hard to explain, but some people just got that gift, man. But you know what I thought about real quick? I thought about um, Justin Blackman. I don't know if y'all remember him from the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. He's supposed he, to be in that deal. Perfect, perfect comparison. To, uh, not as far as like uh, tangibles, but as far as like where his career went. And I don't mm. want that for Tony, but right. like I said, it just bothered me, man. Like it's, it's like you could be one, a great receiver for this team and this organization, but we'll get into uh, his counterpart. I did like somebody else on the team, but that was my my uh, my tier six: Judy Smith, Tooney, Christian Kirk, Michael Thomas, uh, Godwin, and DeAndre Hopkins. But again, I'm working with a pool of about fifty to fifty-two players for my tiers. Tier six for me is going to be wide receiver fifty-nine through seventy-three. Starting out with Jarvis Landry, Tyler Board, DJ Chark, William Fuller, the fifth, Rondell Moore, Mikael Hartman, Corey Davis, Van Jefferson, George Pickens, the rookie out of Pitt, Joshua Palmer, KJ Osborne, David Bell from Cleveland, Robbie Anderson, and Jamison Crowder. So this is the first tier that I feel is very volatile. And what I mean by that is, the wide receivers in this tier can end up being a joy to have or make you cuss people out on a weekly basis. It's it's going to be like, it's really going to depend upon the rapport that's built. A lot of these guys have either a new situation or a new QB, a new playbook, a new offensive coordinator, things of that nature, or maybe they even new to the league, whatever the case may be. Or there may be additional wide receivers that have been brought in and we don't exactly know how big a piece of the pie they're going to get. Like, say, for instance, with Corey Davis, um, Miko Hartman, um, things of that nature. We don't even know what team Will Fuller's going to be on yet, but he's going to play somewhere. I mean, he's healthy and he's, you know, he's a good enough receiver to get on somewhere. I think it's just going to be a matter of him taking his time because he don't want to go to camp like a lot of vets don't. But with Palmer, with the Chargers, if Herbert takes that next step and we know that Williams – and or Keenan Allen, one of the two or both of the two are likely at some point in the season to, to go down, whether it be for an extended amount of time or a very short amount of time. But Palmer has the talent to show up and not relinquish those targets once whoever gets back. There are a couple of guys that are that you literally can make a trade and probably get this guy, David Bell, KJ Osborne. These are guys that you Palmer. These are guys that you could probably make a trade prior to the prior to week one, open up a roster spot, and they're still there from your waiver. So again, now we're getting into the guys that you need to be watch listing and making sure that, okay, if I make this trade or if somebody gets hurt, these are the guys I'm going to be backfilling with. So that's kind of where I am as far as tier six. Vander, what you got? I got a uh, Traylon Burks here, Van Jefferson, Christian Watson, Roby Anderson. I also have a Devonta Parker. Brandon Ayuk, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams here, uh, Curtis Samuel, uh, Jahan Dotson, Tim Patrick, Nico Collins, KJ Osborne I have here as well. But this is a guy thinking uh, he, should, he could very well be a lot higher. Joe spoke on all of those things earlier in the show. Lazard, I have George Pickens, uh, Scott Moore, Paris Campbell, John Meachie, Marvin Jones, Corey Davis is here. I have Jalen Jalen Tolbert, another guy who has upside. Definitely be paying attention to Alec Pierce from the Colts. I think he's gonna surprise a lot of people. Jameson Crowder, Devin Duvernay, Nick Westbrook from the Tennessee Titans. Um, Zay spoke on some things earlier in the show. 
about Burks. He already steps in. He's probably the number one guy. Who knows if Robert Woods is going to show up on time for week one. Uh, DJ Chark, Donovan Jones, Peoples, Sammy Watkins, and James Washington. Joe, what you got for your tier seven? Go ahead and round us out here. Yeah, tier seven, I have Burks, Moore, uh, Donovan Peoples, Jacoby, Thielen, Devontae, Tyler Boyd, Alave, hmm. Wilson, uh, Hardman, London, Tolbert, Pierce, Robertson, Watson, and then uh, Doxson. I should have threw Nico in here, and I, I should have threw Nico way up my list, but I don't put Nico Collins at the top. He's my priority in general. What I like from this list also, too, is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Again, I know I can get him for free. I've got him like the 14th, 12th, 14th round. Uh, but it's all on Deshaun Watson. I, I'm glad that we don't have to draft to later on this year because it's extreme value if Deshaun Watson is on the field. Like you're looking at his Will Fuller um, in that offense, and it's like you can take the sample size. And of course, I know a lot of people don't like numbers with small sample sizes, but he is by far their most explosive player on that team, even with Cooper there. We know what Cooper can do when he catch, as far as catching and route running, but as far as take the top off of a defense. Uh, DPJ does that uh, remarkably well. Um, so I'm he's one of them guys I got to follow all the way to August the 28th. But if he if, if Watson's there, I'm going to definitely take him in the 12th, 10th to 12th round. You don't think um, Schultz is more Will Fuller than this guy? No. Like, like as far as like, you know, the similarities, because it seems like Schultz is more of a Will Fuller to me. Schultz, Schultz, Schultz. Anthony, Anthony Schultz. A little fast. Yeah, oh, yeah. end up on the team is the actual Will Fuller end up on the team. I so think you already, just to see how long already, Watson will be suspended. Um, uh, but but already DPJ is already their wide receiver too. Again, like it's like again, I know people don't like the numbers and the small sample size, but if you go by even that small sample size, he's in the tops of more, all the deep threat, like the ones you look for when you recognize like a deep threat or somebody who's an explosive play um, or catch. Um, ex- catch over expected route and things like that. All those metrics, those deep diving metrics, he's at the top of it. So you consider like Amari and then he's already number two. I just like the value even more once if, if, and this is asking for too much because we got a lot of cases going on, if Watson is uh, on the field. But if Watson missed six games, I'm throwing him off my list altogether. Let me be honest with you. Go ahead and hit us with your tier seven. Yeah, ben? seven is real quick. Um, it's only a few guys. I got Josh Palmer. Uh, I have Randall Cobb here. Uh, Zay Jones, AJ Green, uh, Brian Pringle, uh, Darius Slayton, Velas Jones, Sterling Shepard, Anthony Shorts, of course, here if Watson is there. LaVisca Chenault, Brian Edwards, KJ Hamler. Those are my tier seven guys. Anything after that, consider if we if you haven't heard your receiver, your favorite receiver, consider all them guys even. Those will be guys that probably won't be drafted. Oh, they'd be at the, you know, they'd be phrasing guys you can grab. Um, and also one Dale Robinson, I like right here as well. Who's a yep, tricky? I got him in my tier seven. Too, who's, yep. a, who's a tricky, tricky guy? Kind of mirrors the Kadarius Tony. You know, and that's what I was about to say because right. he might actually end up uh, vulturing Tony because that's the new coaching staff's guy. So if anybody's going to be given the opportunity first. It's gonna I think be their guy. They I were trying they, to get rid of Tony. Right. I think out. I think the Kansas City Chiefs should have traded for Tony because he could have yeah. jumped. Yeah. He, oh my he, God, that would have been a great. He would have jumped right in that system and looked 
ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? He would have looked silly in that system. So and that's what I would still did. get him. I mean, I mean, he's still on the on the block. As far yeah, as but before they paid all these other guys, is what I'm saying. Like, well, true. Yeah, well, I mean, none of the other wide receivers they brought in are really high price. I mean, they ain't really pay uh, MVS or um, he got a little bit of change though, right? He, yeah, I mean, he, he got paid, but he didn't. Yeah. He didn't yeah. break the bank or nothing. I mean, they could still. Yeah, he definitely I mean, didn't break the bank. Tony's on a rookie yeah, yeah. contract, so the money ain't the issue. It's the draft. Like, what but, do they, have to but what I'm saying, they spent their draft capital on Sky Moore. Give up a pick from next year. Give up a third. Give up a fourth round pick from next year. They'll move him. Yeah, Tony would have fit right in this, and, and and for his attitude, Andy Reid is a guy for this. He, he fit. It just makes sense. That's yeah, true. They kind of beat. Love Andy yeah, they kind of beat. He walks to Andy Reid walks to that same beat. You know what I mean? And those are the kind of guys that love Andy because he let players be themselves. He yeah. really cares about players. Um, they say that's one of the difference between like an Andy Reid and a Belichick. Like Andy Reid really gives a damn about your family, how your family doing. Like he's really in deal with his guys. And I think certain players like a uh, Kadarius Tony can use that kind of coach. Yeah, I mean, to the point that Andy Reid basically told his coaches that if you miss a recital or a PTA meeting or a, a, a science project or whatever the hell your kids got going on, I'm gonna fire your ass. Like that's how much he want you to be into your own family. Yeah, like like he he on like like he's not one of those guys that feels like if you're not in the building twenty four seven you're not working. That that, yeah. that that's not his outlook. But he, I mean, a guy like Andy Reid look at his own life. I mean, look at some of the issues he went through with his own son. Yeah, and I think that so, kind of so like he knows what happens when you yeah. don't spend that time. Yeah, there you go. 10-4. There you go. Tony Dungy's and and to add on to that statement and just real quick, I just want to say about Wando right. is just like. I like him because he's gonna be almost. He's gonna be free. I think my personal opinion. He'll be free. Be free. Yeah, he'll be. Free. But you, I, I think we all can agree. After the draft, I'm trading right after the draft. If I can yep. upgrade a position, <laughs> yep. I will upgrade a position yep. real quick and then add him because he also can get the ball out of backfield. And again, it's not. I hate being redundant on this show as far as how people are utilized, but he's going to get carries out of the backfield. That's a given in this offense. He is going to get. That carries out the backfield. He gonna get sweeps. He gonna get reverses. So you think he's gonna be there, Debo? Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to say it, but if you look, even if you read into what Dabble's been saying and what's been going on during this offseason, mm-hmm. they're getting him involved in all the facets. He's playing every position through OTAs, mini camps. So again, as somebody as far as redraft, just so you can understand what we're saying. As soon as you have your draft or whatever, you you want to go upgrade that position, upgrade it and just add them. Point blank. You, it's free at that point. Because you know after the draft, people got buyer's remorse on people and everything that we touched on during the show today. So I just want to throw that out there. Wando, I think, is – I don't want to throw shade at Galladay, but this offense is going to be so diverse. I think Galladay is really going to do what Diggs do in most cases is take the most the majority of the coverage because he can win those routes like to uh, the points we made earlier. He can make the contested catch, spectacular catch, and they're going to use that to do like under routes and you know concepts that can, can kind of go right behind what they're going to tell Galladay to do, almost like what they do with Diggs. So Wondell's next to free, and Tony's not safe in this in the, on this team. You don't draft the, somebody's clone, you know, to, if not to send more than a message. My tier seven: Curtis Samuel, Lavisca Chenault, Sterling Shepard, Alec Pierce. Donovan Peoples-Jones, A.J. Green, Nico Collins, Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones Jr., Jalen Tobert, Brian Edwards, Wondell Robinson, Cobb, Julio Jones, Kendrick Bourne, Zay Jones, K.J. Hamler, and Paris Campbell to round it out for me. 
the only guy in this particular setup that I do want to talk about, kind of bring to the light a little bit, we keep talking about uh, Green Bay as far as their pass catchers is concerned. Right now, the most polished pass catcher that they have is Sammy Watt. If he can build any type of a rapport with Aaron Rodgers and stay healthy, you basically got a wide receiver for free that you should trade as soon as he has a good game. Like he he is he's notorious for going out game one and showing his whole ass and then not doing much else for the rest of the season. So if if you get a guy like that and you know you can kind of talk a person into believing the Aaron Rodgers Watkins connection and that this may be the year that Watkins doesn't get hurt or whatever the case may be. He's another one of those guys that he's always had the talent. He just normally ended up with the injury. So unlike some of the other players that we were talking about before, where, you know, they've kind of had the up up and down topsy turvy type of uh, statistics. When Watkins is in the game, he's normally decent. He just don't normally stay very long. So, um, this may be, again, a guy that you can backfill with once you make that trade. And if he stays healthy, just due to sheer volume, because there really isn't very many other options there as far as catching the ball, I think he should be able to have a decent season. Same thing with Brian Edwards. As of right now, believe it or not, Brian Edwards is the lowest rated wide receiver as far as ADP is concerned that should actually be the number one wide receiver for his team. So as of right now, depth chart-wise, Brian Edwards um, is ahead of the rookie. We'll kind of see how that works out. But if I can get a guy who's supposed to be the number one wide receiver on his team for free, I'll take a stab at it and see what happens. Um, th that's the same way I feel about Jay Zay Jones. He's the number one outside receiver, although Christian Kirk is based on what he got paid, their go-to guy. Um, but I can see Zay Jones um, – Again, out of necessity in that particular offense because he's free. It's been one of those guys that you can kind of backfill with and things of that nature. So, um, well, real quick, you say about Brian Edwards. You, you hmm? we all know the best receiver as far as you know, receiver, not wide receiver, but well, Kyle Pitts team. is there, correct? Yeah. Which, um, in that system, we've seen a guy like, um, what's my guy, uh, Patterson? Uh, no, 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 that same system back in 2016, the Titans, Walker, tight end, Delaney, yeah, Delaney, Delaney Walker. Top six finish back-to-back -back years in that same system with Mariota at quarterback. Mm -hmm. But I said to say this, you're hoping that Brian Edwards end up being a guy like uh, Rasad Matthews, if you remember a guy like him. Yeah. Who also he showed was, up for a minute. That, that's right. Wow, that's, right. That's, you, are, you are the almanac. Yeah. <laughs> so if y'all know my boy Rasad Matthews, he done well in that system. So Brian, I, I, I would say, hey, he was a 11 finish. He's a, He finished 11th overall, uh, had... Uh, nine touchdowns, almost a thousand yards receiving, and hopefully you get that from a Brian Edwards. That's what you're hoping, as mm -hmm. you know, going off what you said, being the number one wide receiver in that particular system. That kind of gives you an idea with Mariota at quarterback, is what I'm saying. So, and bye week is week 14, so a lot of those guys that are going to be on buys earlier, he'd be a great fill in. Uh, again, his bye week is until almost the end of the year, so that's where we are as far as wide receiver tiers are concerned. Are there any honorable mentions that ended up not being in those seven tiers? Yeah, I got one. Um, what I want some people to do also, I'm notorious for these things, but hey, yo, am I, I'm Young Vander on IG. So if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up in my inbox. I will answer back. A guy we didn't talk about that's not in any of these tiers, and I know how people trade on impulse and they go off names and things of that nature. This guy isn't on the team yet, but look for Julio Jones. 
If Julio Jones is not drafted in your draft, pick him. With that last pick, hold him. Because as soon as a word get out that he's not on the, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's on the da-da-da. He's on the Dallas Cowboys. He on, it's going up. You know what I mean? Yep. And now Me. you hold him, and I'll be ready to trade him before he touches the field. Because all yep. we're going to know is it's Julio Jones. He's with Dak Prescott. He's with Aaron Rodgers now. He's with, you know what I'm saying, Patrick Mahomes now. MVS went down. Now they got Julio. Mm-hmm. Like, so whatever team he goes to, people are going to be on it. And I'd rather be the guy that's holding him before the news comes out. So if it's your last pick of the draft, grab a guy like Julio, hold him, and be ready to deal him and upgrade at another position. And with that, that pretty much wraps up the show for this week. We'll holler at you again next week. We're probably going to be hopping into the running backs as far as our tiers are concerned. So that is always one of the highly debatable shows, if you will. Running back is kind of different than most other positions in that the opinions of where these guys can end up can vary greatly. So you don't want to miss that for sure. Make sure you stay tuned. Again, if you're looking for us on Facebook, the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. If you're looking for us on IG, Fantasy Football Fiend, Twitter, Fantasy underscore Fiend. And don't forget to Manscaped. We out.